0: That's 877-360-0402.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, live from the West Coast, it's time for Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Your inside look into combat sports. Ring Talk Live Worldwide, brought to you by the WBC, the World Boxing Council.
2: But it's something else to watch two men at the highest level battle. And one may be favored over the other, but you never know what's going to happen. And, and that's what, that's why boxing is the way it is.
1: And now, the host of the longest-running fight show in radio
2: and Internet history. He comes on the Parpedo's full steam ahead, Pedro Fernandez. Dabas y caballeros, bienvenidos. Ladies and gentlemen,
3: emanating, coming at you from the multi-million dollar sports Byline studios. Check it. This is Ring Talk Live Worldwide and WBC Boxing TV. Often imitated but hardly duplicated. 37, make that 38 plus years now of knocking out all bums. Who am I? My name is Pedro Fernandez. I'm your ever so modest host. Of course, I'm also a four-time Golden Glove champion, so I can fight a little bit. And I won a couple of awards for writing. So allegedly, supposedly... I'm supposed to know something about boxing. But guess what? I found that the average boxing fan probably knows more than me. So I'm going to open up the toll-free phone lines at the top of the hour right here just for you. 1-800-878-7529. That's 1-800-878-7529. If you want to go discreet, you can shoot me a text on the studio text line. That number, studio text line number, 415-275-1613. That's 415-275-1613. Well, straight up. The Godfather is moving. Of course, Larry Merchant moving from Santa Monica to the coast, going out to the water, relaxed, 90 years old, now going to kick back with the Godmama, so he's moving. We won't have the Godfather in the house, but stick Jacob Stitch Duran, of course, the cut man of the stars. Man, heavyweight champion, to cut man, no doubt about that. We'll talk boxing him. Of course, he and I go back. A long, long time. Back to the 1970s. Straight up, me and Stitch will talk boxing MMA at about 20 minutes past the hour. Hour number two, we're bringing WC President Mauricio Suleiman. Talk about the World Boxing Council. Of course, coming off that 73,000 people last week in, what, Dallas, Texas for Canelo Alvarez. Talk about the champ as well, the king of boxing, Canelo Alvarez, today on Ring Talk Live Worldwide and WBC Boxing TV. Once again, open phone lines all around the planet. 1-800-878-7529. That's 1-800-878-7529. This is Ring Talk Live Worldwide, but you know it.
4: Time for your small business report presented by Dell Small Business. Training employees is key, but so is having time to get your own work done. So once you have them trained, be sure to give each other space. If you've got a good training program, your staff should be empowered and competent enough to make most of the decisions that fall within their job role on their own. That will free each of you up to focus on your own tasks. Email is a great way to connect, and the occasional face-to-face meeting is fine. But if you've hired the right person, let them get the job done. And that's your Dell Small Business Report. It's Small Business Month, and Dell Technologies and Windows are celebrating your unstoppable drive. Save up to forty-five percent on powerful PCs with Windows 10 Pro to work from anywhere. Plus, top monitors and docks for the ultimate business setup. All with easy financing options through Dell Financial Services. Speak to a Dell Technologies advisor who can help you find the right business tech, server, storage, and cloud solutions at eight seven seven Ask Dell. That's eight seven seven Ask Dell for for Small Business Month savings.
0: that's 800-410-4771. Now, more of Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez.
2: Well, I'm on Ring Talk, and as you know, this is one of the first shows that got onto the Internet. Uh, my friend Pedro is a true fighter in his own uh, his own uh, mind, I should say, but he really is. I seen him exercising the other day, getting ready for somebody. I don't know who it is because everybody is taking shots at him, so I see him getting himself in good condition so that he could fire back. Never been one to say die. Never been one to hide out. He comes on. Damn the parpedos, Full steam ahead. Check it. New
3: Tower of Power 2021 on the soul side of town. Check it out. Towerofpower.com. The wire-haired wonder, all 90 years old of them. Tower of uh, Don King, of course, turning 90 in August. And, you know, he was ragging this week about Donald Trump on the phone. Listen, I didn't want to talk too much about Trump, but... He's trying to push the fact that he holds a piece of uh, a guy named Char. Char holds a WBA heavyweight title. Anyway, bottom line is they were going back and forth. The only time Don King can get in the news now is when he sues somebody. Because I mean, there's, nobody, there's nobody in his boxing stable anymore. I mean, Christy Martin's gone. Give Christy some props. Of course, the, the baddest woman to ever box. Let me tell you how bad Christy Martin was. Of course, she was a coal miner's daughter. She would open up those Mike Tyson cars and fight under Julio Cesar Chavez. And that. and she was a great fighter. I mean, as far as a woman, great women, great female fighter, you know, about that the coal miners daughter so she's married to some dude named Jim uh, anyway Jim Martin he's a little bit older than her he's got a little attitude he's a little bit older than her so then she finds out that she's gay she's like 45 years old and she finds out that she's gay okay so she goes and tells her husband that she's gay she's leaving him for some chick so he shoots her and he stabs her And she survives. So she is the baddest woman in all of boxing, without a doubt. Anyway, Christy Martin has sold-out show in Miami this week. We'll try to get her on next week's show. But, yeah, Christy, rock and roll, no doubt about that. But Char, 32 and 4 now, 18 goes, knocked out some hobo who was unbeaten. Guy was named Lovejoy. Call him Love Handles. He was like 306 pounds. How can anybody show up for a professional boxing match looking like that? They wouldn't allow me in the ring fat like that. I don't know why heavyweights can get away with that. I just don't bottom line is you should look trim you should look the part this guy didn't look the part he looked the part of a bum Now nasty two rounds now char was a a winner of minute and nine seconds of round number two what am i supposed to say about that not a whole lot man there's not a whole lot you can brag about beating up a undefeated 300 pound bum now of course Talk about Showtime last night. Carson, California on top. They call him the executioner, I believe. Of course, I'm talking about the WBA and WBC 122 pound champion. And you gotta give this young man some credit. I'm talking about Brandon Figueroa because he's tall, he's lean. And he came in the WBA champion. Of course, it was a WBA, WBC unification match. Of course, we'll hear from the WBC champion in hour number two. But last night, the WBC champion came up second when Luis Nera got stopped in the seventh or eighth round. Of course, eighth round. It was a good stoppage. No doubt about that. It was a back and forth fight. I mean, these guys were going at it way, way back and forth in a battle of unbeaten guys. What more can you say? At the end of the day, it was a good win for Figueroa and now 22-0, 22-0 with a draw and 17 whacks. I mean, he's tall. He's lanky. And I was looking at the fight. Calling Hector on the phone saying... You know, he's tall and he's lean. I don't know if he should be leaning into this guy's shots, but Neary turned out to be not the fighter he once was. Of course, he was once fighting trained by the great Eddie Renoso, and that didn't work out. Of course, he left Team Reynoso one fight ago, and Reynoso, of course, has Canelo Alvarez. And Canelo rocking and rolling. Hey, we're one week away, what, eight days off of Canelo knocking out that slob Billy Joe Sanders. Now, why am I calling him a slob? Because he's a slob of a human being, not a slob of a fighter. He was undefeated 30 no, But, you know, he... Pull all that crap outside the ring. Like, what he tried to tell some, he so tried to give homeless people money to do tricks and things like that. So he's really a piece of work. Anyway, I was sort of glad that he got beaten because, you know, he's not my favorite guy, no doubt about that. I'm talking about Billy Joe Sanders. But at the end of the day, Canelo Alvarez wraps up another belt, grabs the WBO title. He's got every belt but the, uh, I think, the WBA belt at 168 pounds. And that belongs to some guy out of Tennessee by the name of Caleb Plant. And all I can tell you about him is that. He can fight a little bit, but not a lot. So you figure Canelo's going to smoke him next, and he'll go with Daniel Benavides, David Benavides. That fight's probably going to go down in November, and if it doesn't, what can I say? Canelo snoozing and losing. Cause I think right now Benavides is a guy that you want to get now, not a year from now. Why do I say that? Because he's young. He's hungry. He throws punches, but he's untested in the deep waters. So you want to get him into those deep waters right now. If you don't get him into deep waters right now and he learns how to swim, guess what? He may be able to whip you up, whip you up in a couple of years from now. So what I'm trying to tell you is the best thing for Canelo to do is to get Benavides right now. Now Canelo moving to 175 pounds. I keep getting these, 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 uh, Questionnaires, why don't you move him to heavyweight? You want him to fight that 300-pound Lovejoy slob that fought last night or Emmanuel Char? I mean, the bottom line is, anything he does is not enough. I mean, the Billy Joe Sanders fight, oh, you were trying to take away from Billy Joe Sanders last week. Oh, Billy Joe quit. Billy Joe got four, his bone was, his bone was broken in four spots. And having broken a couple of orbital bones in my life, myself, they hurt. They haven't been on the receiving end, but believe me, they hurt. Once you punch somebody in the eye and break the orbital bone, ah, they just like, ah. Just, like, cover up and it's all over. It's all over. Anyway, Billy Joe Sanders, I thought, showed stones lasting out the round. Of course, quit before the eighth round. At the end of the day, Billy Joe Sanders is now 30-1. and Of course, lost that first fight. Canelo moves on. Canelo, pound for pound, the king of all boxing. No doubt about that. 400,000 people joined the zone the other day just to watch the Canelo Alvarez fight. That's right. They got 400,000 extra Subscribers, just for Canelo, I kid you not. And speaking of subscribers, we'll talk about it a little bit later, of course, the pimp of all pimps, and I'll get to this probably at about 40 minutes past the hour when I bring in Jacob Sitchuran, but the pimp of all pimps, Dana White, and the UFC, check this out, they made 890 million dollars last year. Now I'm trying to figure out how much 8% of that is, because that's what they paid the people. In other words, they made 890 million dollars, and they paid the talent 8 to 10%. You talk about pimping? Man, of I was like, when I was a cop, here in the city by the bay, um, city by the gay. Call it what you want. Anyway, when I was a cop here, I met a lot of pimps, you know, downtown working at 10 line because I was a rookie, a recruit policeman, and they wanted us to interact with pimps so we would know what to do later in life. So this is part of your training. So you would hang out with pimps. Really? Had to hang out with them. You would interact with them. So anyway, I would interact with these guys and I sort of figured out that the pimps split the money with the girls about 50 to 50, about 50%. In other words, if a girl goes out and does a favor for 100 bucks, she gets 50 bucks. Okay. And the, and the guy gets the other 50. Okay. All right. I got no problem with, I, I, got, no, I, I have nothing to do with the way the money split up. Okay. But the UFC, it's even worse. I mean, imagine this. They give the people eight to 10% of the dollar. In other words, if a UFC follower brings in a hundred bucks, they give them eight bucks. 10 bucks, maybe 12 bucks. Think about that. If you were a pimp running hose in the city and county of San Francisco, they would run you off the street. You'd be out of business if you were Dana White. But Dana White, because he's got the only club in town, just keeps on rocking and rolling. In fact, Michael's channel last night, of course, coming over for Bellator, he thought he was going to like go on to the big stage and explode onto the big stage with a big win last night. He got lit up like a White House Christmas tree. Bottom line is, Dana White is doing nobody no favors, especially people from Bellator. Next up, we'll hear from, of course, the premier cut man in the world of boxing, Mr. Jacob Stitcher, cut man extraordinaire, no doubt about that. If you'd like to ask Stitch a question, I'll open up the phone lines, 1-800-878-7529. That's one 1-800- 800 Eight seven eight seven five two nine. Get this. May 16th, 1951, Rocky Marciano fights John Cock Knocks him out in the ninth round out there at Keysar Stadium in San Francisco, okay? Keysar Stadium saved us for three things that type of fight, having the Led Zeppelin concert and me getting robbed in the Police Olympics. You're tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide.
2: Mr. Dana White, wherever you are, I have a hit list, but I want to start getting paid. I want to start making heavyweight money.
1: Ring Talk Live Worldwide is brought to you by the World Boxing Council, the WBC.
6: Now, more of Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez.
2: Um, Thank y'all for tuning in. All the fans around the world, we love y'all.
3: Check it. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide and WBC Boxing TV as I try to get this camera act together. And bottom line is you are tuned to the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network, iHeartRadio, XM satellite Radio, Channel 217, and a plethora of other internet platforms. Straight up, I said that word, plethora. I got it around. And you are tuned to the <laughs> longest running fight show in history. Listen... Canelo Alvarez, his English, you know, it never was great, but it's getting better. There's absolutely no doubt about it. Let me tell you how good it's getting.
7: Knowing who Billy was, we knew it was going to be complicated, especially in the early round. But like I said before, my fight was going to start from the seventh round on. Canelo.
8: So when? So
9: when can we get something going on? Oh man! Thank you, good you, man. Man. <laughs> Thank you. Good job, man. Thank you. I'm a big fan. Thank What's you, up there? Man. I know.
8: I know that. <laughs> when do we make it happen, though? What do you
2: think? Man, you, think? you fight with nobody. <laughs> hey, you are a champion, but are you... What? Wait, wait, you avoid hey, you yeah. fight with nobody, man. Six, man. Six, you, yeah, won championship. That's, that's, you won a champion. You won a yeah, bet with yeah, nobody. Everybody. Okay, man. a lot of people... <laughs> 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 <Please>. <laughs> What are five No, no.
3: Canelo Alvarez learning his English. No doubt about that. Shut the duck up. That's what he told him. Shut the duck up a month, number of times there. Of course, Demetrius Andrade, the guy in the receiving end of that, coming to us from the Boston area. Of course, the underbeaten WBO 154 pound champion, now the 160 pound champion of the World Boxing Organization. The problem with him is he's fought, when Canelo was saying he fought nobody, he's fought for vacant titles. He's never fought it, you know, never like, Went and fought a champion, so like, you guys fight this guy, this kind of stuff, and you guys get a championship. Well, bottom line is, if they ever offer, that's like Danny, Danny Maguire, get this, Danny Maguire says he's a seven-time Golden Glove champion here in San Francisco. He didn't win seven Golden Gloves. T- mm, pisses me off, because they gave him to him. In other words, like, he didn't have people in his weight class, so they gave him, people were scared of him, I guess people, people don't want to fight him, but the bottom line is, they gave him title, title belts, and I don't think the title belts are cool, you can't give them away. Bottom line is, we'll take it to the Ring Talk phone line, score to, Sin City, Las Vegas, bringing my man Jacob Stitch around. We go back a long ways. How's the family, bro?
10: Hey, we're living the life over here, man. Thanks for asking, Pedro. But uh, Mama says hi. Uh, you know, Charlie and I were taking off today to Mount Charleston, just kind of for a three day break, and just kind of get out of here and get a little bit of coolness up in the mountains. So uh, we're doing good, Pedro. Good, to, uh, good to talk to you always.
3: You know, Johnny, talked when I was preparing prepare for the Nationals in 1984. In Las Vegas, Johnny Taco used to take me to run in Mount Charleston, and he would just leave. He would he would leave me at the bottom of the mountain, and he would drive to the top. And I mean, you wouldn't believe how far that run was, and it was like eighteen twenty degrees, so you didn't have much of a choice—either
10: you ran or you froze. Yeah, kind of like the old Rocky story, man. <laughs> of course, you know. Yeah, so we're gonna go up there and just kind
3: of hang out. What, hey, what a difference in environment! So, what, like ten fifteen miles from the from the city, and like <laughs> it's like the weather is like like freezing
10: yeah yeah exactly pick a jacket for sure okay hey
3: Amanda Serrano of course the multi-division world boxing champion the female she's gonna fight MMA in June now you've been able to watch people cross over from boxing to MMA how how successful are they for the most part
10: Uh, not too good you know if, if all their life they've been doing boxing uh A.K.A. James Toney with Randy Couture. I worked out when it didn't didn't last long. But you know, Pedro, it's tough to get in, and, and boxers throughout the time I was working with the and until now, oh, i am knock them out, I'll knock them out. But in MMA, you get dropped, you can still get up and scramble, right? Mm-hmm. So those are things they're going to have to learn, the holding techniques, uh, but the, the grappling, the, and you just can't teach that in, in a year or less. You know, Clarissa Schill's going into that, doing the same thing, uh, We'll see how she prevails, man. But, you know, these people, these, these MMA fighters have tough chins, and they're not going to go down in one shot. See, if they but, go down, they're going to scramble and grab you.
3: You know, my, my, um, my education in boxing sort of went backwards. It was a street fight, and Eddie Machen saw me doing there on 29th Mission. said, you know, maybe you should learn how to box. And that sort of started the boxing thing off, you know. So it was like street fighting the boxing. But you're right. MMA is a different world, especially when people yeah. are kicking you and hitting you as hard as they are. I mean, listen, elbows choking people out I don't know you know everybody's like their own different things in fact I, found, I saw the USc gross 890 million dollars last year so obviously they're making some money and people are are tuning in they're entertained but the bottom line is stitch what is MMA going to produce in 10 or 15 years from now we know what boxing and football can do what about these people taking these even harder blows
10: you are funny you know federal let's talk about that because that's that's a question that's been happening and and uh you know, and I mentioned it yet. Yeah, day before yesterday, I was in one of the gyms and I was talking to this girl that's fighting uh, in the UFC. And uh, I said, you know, I remember when I first got into MMA, you know, I, in boxing, you could you could identify the dementia, the pugilista, uh, uh, dementia pugilistica, the punch drunk syndrome. You know, you could see the slurring of speech. In the MMA, I started from the get go and everything was cool, but now I see fighters speaking like some of the, uh, the boxers. So they, they are taking a hit. You know uh, Diego Sanchez, you know a good example. And I go, his, I know his manager's kind of screwing things up. But the bottom line is, he requested his medical records from the UFC from the time he started till uh, till now, and uh, and they refused to give it to him. But I think in those situations, I think it's important for them to have that background information so they could work themselves uh, in the future. And uh, you know, we'll see what happens there, man. But it's happening. Ben. You guys are taking some shots and. One of the biggest things that I would change in rules is when a guy gets dropped and he's out on his, on his back and the guy comes down and he lunges another punch or an elbow or, you know, something like that, that that to me is not necessary. And the referee knows and the fighter knows uh, when the fighters are knocked out, you know, <laughs> and the fans know, you know. So you got to have a little bit more self-control. The guy's out, he's out. If, you know, the guy understands that, then he should automatically win. But save these guys for another day.
3: You know, Jacob sitch our guest, of course, he cut Man to the Stars. When I was a kid growing up in the Boys Club in South City, we had a guy named Dana Holly. He would end up being convicted of murder and then killed in prison. But the bottom line is he was the toughest guy in the world, and he would just let us beat on him. I mean, I would throw, like... 15, 20 punches, and he waved back at me with one or two. He was just tough. And then Hector would whoop on him for three or four rounds. So we'd take these lickings like Tuesday and Thursday of every week. I guess for the rest of the week, he was okay. But Tuesday and Thursday, he was like a scrambled mess. And then we saw him a little bit later in life, and like he was gone. You know what I'm saying? And this was pre-drug. So what I'm trying to say is that it happens in boxing. It happens in football. It happens in MMA. But I think that the, the MMA world, because we haven't seen people take this, kind of take these kind of blows before. I mean, the elbows getting kicked in the head and things like that. And then getting choked out on top of that. I just think that in 10 or 15 years from now, that Dana White and these guys better have a whole lot of good lawyers. Because I think the
10: lawsuits are going to be coming. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough sport, man. No doubt about it, bro. It's not, not know, a sport. It's,
3: it, it, no, it's stitch. If it was a sport, it might be a little bit different. But see, a sport is that you surrender when you're beaten. I mean, that's just the way the sport is, right? Not in the world of the UFC. You never see a towel being thrown in. You see these guys getting a spit kicked out of them. And I say spit with an H. Just getting a snot kicked out of them. Time and time and time again. Case in point, Brian Ortega. Of course, the beating he took from Max Holloway. He took a beating after two rounds. They just kept going. So another 10 minutes, this 22-year-old kid takes a vicious beating. I think he'll never, ever come back from it. But the bottom line is they didn't want to seem unmacho and throw in the towel. When the fight's no longer competitive, competitive
10: stitch, the fight's over. Oh, I I agree 100%. But, you know, I I see it in both sports, man, still. And, and you know, I always said uh, that combat sports at the A-level where we're at, we're the only major sport where we don't have to be certified to be considered professionals in doing what we do as a trainer, as a cut man. And, you know, I'm looking at the Showtime fights last night, and I always look at corners, and and there's just so many mistakes that corner people do. uh, And they just, you know, it's because nobody's teaching them. But I, uh, like you, I'm with it 100%, man.
3: Well, now I'll put it to you like this. Jerry Tarkanian of the uh, UNLV – Uh, Running Devils, of course, the basketball coach, he always had a towel in his mouth, right? When I worked the amateur fights when I was with my kids, I had the towel in my mouth. I mean, I was ready to throw that towel because I could see things a referee can't. In other words, my kid gets caught with a shot, his eyes go crossed. I don't want him to get hit again, quit. That's enough.
10: Yeah. Yeah, there's no shame in that now, you know, and, and, you know, with uh, uh, this right there with Canelo, you know, Billy Joe Saunders, you know, people were bashing them for stopping that fight. But, you know, as soon as I saw the 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 damage, the face, the way that I looked, I, I knew right off the bat, and I'm not a doctor, but I knew i have worked enough broken orbital bones to know that that one was broken. I just didn't know the severity of it. The severity of it was pretty bad, and I'm glad that they stopped the fight. Yeah, why send them out there? You know, I've, all the guys that I've worked with that have had broken cheekbones have not won a fight. You but but still... So
3: uh, but here's my question. Here's a sixty four thousand dollars question: Is Dana White telling these guys they can't throw in the towel? Because I'm saying I'm. I, you should hear me at home throwing the towel, throwing the towel.
10: <laughs> no, I don't think so. You know, I, I think it's just a matter of you know that machoism and and what do you got left for me? You know that type of thing. So you know, uh, yeah, yeah. But it's, it's you know somebody has to invest money and and get some educational programs for
3: boxing, all contact sports like that. In 1989, Rico Velasquez Jr. had gotten taken such a beating in San Jose, California, in a California lightweight bout against David Gonzalez. The referee was uh, Hank Alesbrou from Sacramento, California. He had taken such a beating. and had been knocked down five or six times in the fight. The referee missed a couple of knockdowns. So I realized what was happening. This kid was about to die. So I run up to the referee and I say, Hank, stop the fight. He's about to die. He's going to get killed. He can't fight anymore. His eyes are wrong. Everything, I mean, all these neurological signs I could see from my first row seat. He told me, son, go back and sit down. Let me do my job. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. So I went back to my chair, and then Jack Fist from the Chronicle starts screaming at me for getting after the referee, right? Guess what? 40 seconds later,
10: the kid was dead. Was it really? Yep. Wow.
3: 40 seconds later,
10: the kid was dead. And you know that's a good example of, of your experience because you know what those shots feel like, Pedro. You've given them and you're taking them, so you know the damage that they create. You wow. know, and, and that's what I'm saying. People have to understand that they have to get into the heart and soul of these these fighters and understand that you know they're gladiators, and sometimes you got to take care of them like they're your children. True. And that's what you know. That's what I. That's what I tell all the fighters I work with, the Cliscoes. i the mean, every fighter I work with, and I got that from Lyoto Machida when he he told me uh, that in the ring I'm his father. So I know that means a lot in psychological. Uh, that's what I tell even Tyson Fury, I told them, you know. And, and, and that kind of puts them into a little bit of a relaxation. But, yeah, you know, you got to learn how to take care of these guys.
3: Well, you know, Ernie Chavez, I thought he hit me hard, in the National Golden Gloves down there in Las Vegas, of course. That was an uh, a ill-fated effort at a 147-pound title. But the hardest person ever hit me was Mom. Mom hooked me one time for cutting school, and my ear rang for three days. So when I complained about my earring and ear ringing this net, told her she should be arrested for child abuse and this kind of stuff, she told me, go ahead and cut school again see what happens. <laughs> yeah, hey, man, those were the days. <laughs> those were the days. Stitch Duran's is going to stick around for another segment. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide, a.k.a. WBC Boxing TV. We hope to bring in WBC President Mauricio Suleiman in hour number two. Of course, this is Ring Talk Live Worldwide and WBC Boxing TV and we've got a special guest in the studio as well. You are tuned to Ring Talk live worldwide. Hey, but you know that
7: Head to ReliefFactor.com or call 1-800-500-8384. Relief Factor helps to support a healthy response to inflammation and decreases discomfort from the effects of daily living. And you can get yours at ReliefFactor.com or by calling 1-800-500-8384. Your life, your freedom. Get back to living at ReliefFactor.com.
11: That's R-E-X-M-D dot com.
0: And now today's cleaning tip from Tubital's Heavy Duty Cleaning
6: Wipes. Most people are disinfecting more frequently these days, but did you know there's a difference between disinfecting and cleaning? Cleaning is the first step
12: before disinfecting and is needed on a regular basis to remove germs, dirt, and dust from surfaces. Plus, keeping a clean surface helps
0: minimize the growth of future germs. And now a word from tub-a- tub!
1: oh, towels) tub!
13: Hotel. At Tubba Towels, we started with the toughest messes and quickly realized Tubba Towels heavy duty cleaning wipes can clean just about anything, like stubborn brake dust, spilled paint, even permanent marker. There's literally thousands of uses. Proudly made in the USA with over 30,000 five star reviews. Find Tubba Towels heavy duty cleaning wipes at your local auto parts store, the Home Depot, Lowe's and more. Look for the big yellow tub. Now more of Ring Talk with pedro fernandez well you have to talk to my lawyer on that one
1: 40 minutes past the hour taking
3: it back of course to las vegas sin city las vegas Nevada, and bringing of course my man jacob sutran cut man in the stars via boxing or the world of mixed martial arts he's the guy stopping the cuts no doubt about that now i got to ask you about the the world of the usc right oh here's a question for you when i was a cop I saw, I got a call when I was a rookie working in the Tenderloin. Tenderloin was lively. Anyway, I got a call to a, a bar fight. So I went to this bar fight and I saw this girl kicking the snot out, four or five guys. I mean, she was dropping these guys and I was saying, boom, boom, boom. So I'm saying to myself, whoa. So I'm ready to jump, I'm ready to jump out of the car and do my policeman act. And, and I was a rookie and the guy that was working with this veteran said, no, 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 don't get out. You let her do her thing. I said, let her do her thing. He goes, yeah, he goes, that's not a girl, that's a guy. And I went, huh? anyway, it was a guy, a big black guy was kicking the snot out of these people. So what I'm trying to tell you is the reason why I brought that up, Stitch, is they're talking about having transgender fighters, of course, fighting. I'm not into that. In other words, I'm all for gay rights and and transgender rights, having all the rights that they want in the entire world, but not when it comes to combat sports. I don't want my daughter fighting a dude.
10: Yeah, I think the mechanics probably agree with you on that, Pedro. You know, so, you know, you could change, you know, the, the gender, but I think that strength still the strength still stays within, within that person. Yeah, I mean, it's you know, hopefully I don't have to get involved with that. <laughs>
3: well, I mean, that's I, I you know, that's just just that's that, anyway. The bottom line is that is a little bit scary. Now, last night, Michael Chandler uh, made the crossover from Bellator. To the USC and got knocked out in the second round. You don't think Daniel White was trying to do him any favors,
12: do
10: you? I uh, know, you know. I, well, I got, you know, I got to give Daniel credit. He, he does put the best with the best, you know. And and Michael Chandler, I've worked with him also, and I've worked with Oliveira also, and you know, they're both top of the line, man. Charlie, just the very surprising type of fighter. Michael Chandler's a tough dude. So no, I you know, I think you know the way they match him up. You are gonna fight? Let's fight
3: is Cain Velasquez the uh the first USC Mexican heavyweight champion of course Mexican American heavyweight champion two time champion i believe is he in Las Vegas still doing that wrestling thing do you know i
10: i don't know yeah i, I did not know he was in Las Vegas doing any wrestling at all you know so but i remember Scott Coker was telling me man i got this this Mexican could be the first heavyweight uh, Mexican heavyweight champ of the world and you know how many times have we heard that Pedro mm-hmm. and uh, sure enough you know uh, he was. You, and, and you know where I thought
3: he. You know where I thought he was going to shine. I saw him like six months ago wearing a mask. I kid you not in Lucha Libre, came Velasquez in <laughs> Lucha Libre actually moving around the ring like a luchador. Oh no kidding! Yeah, well
10: there's Dave, hey, man. This, you know, look at Brock Lesnar. Shoot, he makes more money doing wrestling than he
3: did fighting in the UFC? Was he a real fighter? I mean, I, I saw him. He took up. I mean that Scott. I remember who the one guy beat that snot out of him, and he came
10: back and he beat him. But
3: all in all. Would you consider him a real fighter?
10: Yeah, yeah, for sure. The you know, real I'm, the deal? I, I'm the guy that always wrapped his hands, and you know, I'm the guy that always worked his corner, and uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he was a fighter in his own, you know, wrestling for sure. But he was just a beast, bro. I mean, he was he was big and he was strong.
3: So, so how do you beat a big, strong guy like that? I always used to kick him, but I mean, <laughs>
10: <laughs> one shot, like Cain uh, Velasquez, actually. You know, he just he just went right at him and. And 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 once again, you know, Brock is the master at the wrestling and the ground game, but not so much in the hand. And that's where the Cain Velasquez got him is on the hand. You know, we're talking about these women getting from boxing to MMA. Well, that's that's that same pretty much that same scenario.
3: Okay,
10: Andy Ruiz. Go, and
3: oh, I'm sorry.
10: Uh, okay, and uh, uh, what was the name uh, that that fought him also? Guy from Holland. And uh you know, his Muay Thai style was not conducive to Brock Lesnar. Uh, uh, Alistair Overwood, yeah, you know, and uh, the knees and all that, you know, so so there's a lot of styles that you have to match
3: up. Hey, Alistair Overroy is what I call him. Of course, they wanted to drug test him that time They say, hey, we're going to drug test. He said, uh, I got to go out to the car and get my phone. So he got out and drove around in his car for three hours in Las Vegas trying to avoid the drug test. He had to go back and take the drug test. And what happened? He popped for steroids. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah, well. I mean he he you sorta of know. And so sorta of, you know what cracks me up cracks me up is when guys get popped for cocaine, athletes get popped for cocaine, it's a seventy two hour window in your body. In other words, you've been doing blow in the last seventy two hours, you get popped for blow, so you gotta be an idiot. Huh, I didn't know that. Uh, you learn something once in a while, Stitch. You learn something once in a while. Stitch, Thanks, who's, who's the best fighter, who's the best fighter in the world to mix martial arts right now?
10: Oh God, I don't know. You know, I, I don't follow as much as I used to. Uh I don't know man there's there's too many you know I'm talking about Conor McGregor and Dustin Poirier I've, I've worked with both those guys and they're both high quality fighters so if you look at a fight that's coming up uh that that's one that uh, okay. uh will definitely show you A level stuff I'm glad you I'm
3: glad you brought up Conor McGregor of course Conor McGregor went one and one last year made 22 million dollars in purses and endorsements and he made 225 million out 225 million dollars in whiskey uh stock so he sold million. Why does a guy ever want to fight again? If he just sold two hundred twenty-five million dollars in 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 stock,
10: <laughs> yeah, this might be his last one. You know, but I think that's always you know that's the Irish in him, that's the warrior in him. You know, and 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 best is art, him Floyd Mayweather, uh, the the Logan Paul, Jake Paul guys, they're doing their man, they making their money through marketing 101, and one, the masters at it, and look what happened. You know, and you're right, he don't have to fight no more, he's done
3: you know you, you, you know i'm not i'm not a fan of Floyd Mayweather i never have been i mean i thought he was a- I thought he had a decent amateur style as far as the professional is concerned. He just really never delivered for me. He's sort of like if he was in pornography, there would never be any money shots, okay? Just never any money shots with Floyd. Because the excitement stops when the boy when the bell rings. I mean that's the way I saw Floyd Mayweather fight. And yet he's gonna come back and fight some guy named Jake Paul, Logan Paul. I didn't even know there was two of them, but there's definitely two of these clowns, and they both uh are are trying to are are how can you put this? They portray themselves as boxers. I tried to say that right. <laughs> so, who yeah. are they? Who are they?
10: You know, they're, uh, and, and I've done pretty much, I, I did the KSI fight yeah. he's from England. I guess he's a rapper, YouTuber, but he has 20 million followers. Logan Paul, I think the same thing. I don't know what the hell they do, Pedro, but uh, they paid me good money to work with them. And, and uh, you know, so, uh, so yeah, but the Logan brothers, Jake Paul, I worked against them also. And uh, the thing about these guys is they were athletes before, all right? They were wrestlers. And, and you know, the thing with wrestlers, when I had my school of kickboxing in uh guys that would come that were wrestlers made good kickboxers because they know that the hard work that goes with it, the drying out, and you know, the muscles, the joints. So they're accustomed to that. And, you know, Jake Paul's been training in boxing with BJ Penn for like three years. So they're good at what they're doing. And, and I worked the last one when he fought Ben Askren, and Ben Askren came into a world that he's not familiar with, and that's boxing, and Jake Paul's been at it for three years. So there was a big disparity there. But they're making a load of money. Uh,
3: exactly. Um, I, But here's what's up, though. Floyd's going to, what, spot 50 pounds in this guy?
10: Yeah. And, you know, I, that one, yeah, I'm working with Badu Jack on, as the semi-main on that one uh but yeah you know once again i that you know the the logan paul or the jake pauls with the uh uh Nate Robinsons and you know the Ben Askins. okay i can see those those are guys that pretty much at the same level but floyd that was the greatest fighter in the world going against a guy that 0 1 you know what's what's the marketing value to it and i think when it came to marketing and i always look at marketing is when jake paul stole floyd's hat or cap that literally brought the attention. I've been doing interviews, and people have been asking me about that. So on the marketing aspect, uh, they're masters of what they're doing. And, uh, you know, I get called to work those shows. Uh, so, you know, I'm happy to do that.
3: You you brought up Baidu Jack, of course, as an amateur. He went 105, with 30, 100, 105 and 34 as a pro, 23, 3, and 3. According to my boxing PAC, Socrates Palmer Jr., he can't get a break.
10: Yeah. Yeah, you know, he's fine, uh, John Pascal again. But, you know, I remember when we fought in Atlanta, the first thing he says when we're in the lobby, he says, I'm going to change my style. I'm going to be more aggressive from the get-go. Because when he's aggressive, he's a, he's, he's efficient. And uh, now he's with Jonathan Banks. And I walked into the gym, uh, made a little cameo the other day. And I said, you know, and psychology is a big thing. So you know that. So I said, hey, Badu. now when we're in Atlanta, you had mentioned that you were going to start your new style was going to be to start quicker. Have you guys been practicing that? And he responded, yes. So, you know, at least I put that in mind that, you know, he fights better when he's aggressive. So he needs a break. <laughs>
3: 1951, Rocky Marciano went to 48-0 with a knockout in the ninth round of Don Kell here in Keysar Stadium in San Francisco. And the reason why I bring him up is that somebody shot me a text. They're a little upset because I was knocking the rock. Okay, you want me to knock the rock? According to his manager, Marty Weil, he fought his brother 4 times. So he's not 49 and 0, he's 45 and 0. I had to break I had to break that Marciano bubble right there. Did you know that stitch?
10: Not at all. Didn't even come
3: close to that, man. You're just a teacher today, brother. No, man. I mean, when you listen, when you when you when you hang out with these old dudes, of course, Marty Wild was Al Wile was the manager. Marty Al Wile was the promoter. Marty Wile was his son and the manager. And Marty sort of knew his way around the boxing business. And he talked to me in the '80s and the '90s. And I got close to him and this and that. And he told me one night after a few drinks that Rocky Masciano fought his brother. Three or four times. So I said, "Well, which one were his brother?" So I said, "I pick out the record. like to pick out the names, right?" He said, "Some of them didn't show up on the record books, so he did fight his brother a few times."
10: <laughs> okay. <laughs> so.
3: And and, he, and and let's be honest, he couldn't he couldn't he couldn't have held Larry Holmes's hand over. I mean, you know, the, the size wise. So, yeah. So, so, size matters in two things: pornography and combat sports. Obviously, and Larry Holmes. Piles. What? And styles, huh? And styles, yeah. That, anyway, when you look at the current scene as far as as boxing and, 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 and the, uh, the the freaks, I guess, the thriller people, all this kind of good stuff, is this good for the game or is it bad for the game?
10: You know, I, that's a good question. And, and like I say, I always base everything on marketing, marketing 101. And this is a new oh, age right now where social media is the, the forefront of everything. Everything is and. I think what these guys have done with The Zone and with Triller and, oh, uh, and all that to make, uh, you know, fights, you know, with, with people of celebrity status, it seems to be paying off on, you know, on, on the books. I, I like it. You know, Triller, they brought me in as the official cut man with uh, Mike Basil and Paul Quirido. And, you know, and uh, Snoop Dogg comes up to me and calls me a legend. And then he says, Stiff, can I take – oh, no, he says, oh, gee. Can I take a picture with you? You know, so for him to come and say that, they just kind of let me know that uh, they welcome me into that world. Oh, OK. And, uh, OK. Time out.
3: Time out. You and I both come from Northern California. If you know what my next question is going to be, right? You going to get me some of that Snoop Doggy Dog weed? <laughs> hey, I'll
10: tell you what Brandon, it is. You can go pick it
3: up yourself. Bro. Oh, come on. Wait. Mike Tyson's got his own weed out now.
10: Yeah, that's crazy. And what about you? Uh, no, no, but I got uh, I, I got a cut cream that I'm endorsing that uh, helps the healing process. You know, after fighters get cut and sewn up,
3: and uh, so well, well, you know. <laughs> well. before I let you go, why don't I give you a minute to expand on that?
10: Yeah, I uh, teamed up with CBD in it. Uh, they created a, a cream. They called me and asked me if uh, I'd be willing to look at it, and I asked them what proof source, and they said, "Well, that's what we called you." So I've been using it with the bare knuckle fighters and boxers. So after they get cut and all that, they get sewn up. They, they put the cream on, you know, every day, and, and they show me a picture. They send me a picture a week after, and uh, the results have been tremendous. But it has, you know, CBD and has uh, a stem cell and has a uh, vitamin E, collagen, and, and it works. You know, so it's uh, it's available at Cutman for Higher Supplies uh, or CBDinit.com. And, uh, yeah, so it works, and, you know, I'm here to help, uh, you know, make this game a lot safer for fighters, and this is one of the things that uh, that I'm supporting. So, Stitch, you got a website or a Facebook page? No.
3: No, okay. No. Hey, because let me tell you this. Hey, I, you know, you know, I'm dying to get back into TV. I'm trying to get a TV contract with Tony Holden and a couple other guys. So they called me from the bare-knuckle people. They said, you want to come out and do bare-knuckle boxing and stitch? As bad as I want to go back to TV, I said no. I love you. We'll talk soon. Bye. All right. You're tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide and WBC Boxing TV. My ego's not that big. I can't sell my soul. Just can't do it. You're tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide, WBC Boxing TV. Mauricio Suleiman? The WBC president, of course, has checked in for hour number two. Lots of stuff to talk to him about. Lots of stuff to talk to him about. Of course, I'm like stifled. I got a guest in the studio. I'm like, mind-blowing. Anyway, you are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. I'll try to come back after the break.
1: Ring Talk Live Worldwide is brought to you by the World Boxing Council, the WBC.
0: 1759. Paid for by Airtime Media.
1: Now, more of Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez. Just let my boys harmonize.
3: Turn the music up. Turn it up. Turn it up. This is the Tower of Power, baby. Harmonizing as they do. Unlike the uh, other fake soul singers you get, these guys have been doing it since 1968. Check them out. Towerofpower.com. Last night. Las Vegas, Nevada, of course, UFC rocking and rolling. They were UFC on ESPN. Charles Oliveira defeated Michael Chandler. Chandler, of course, coming over from Bellator. Of course, Bellator was the competition in the UFC. He goes, I'm signing this big contract. I'm going over to the big leagues. And you got beaten in your first fight. Probably not a good auspicious debut. You know that about that. But he stopped in the second round. 19 seconds into round number two. He was toast. Tony Ferguson. Remember him? Remember Tony Cutman? He like his, his old lady called 911 on him said he was pouring holy water on her. I mean this is how this is how bad of a woman I guess she was, you know that he was pouring holy water cuz you know anyway. Bottom line is he was nuts. Anyway, she called she called the cops. Hey, you know, he's pouring holy water on me anyway last night. He lost the second fight in a row. He got destroyed the first the last time out, but last night he lost unanimous not to Bernal Darius, she was a Pretty one-sided beating, 30-27, to 27, meaning he lost all three rounds. Tony Ferguson, time to hang it up, man. I know Should, I yeah, Should I go to the police station? Yeah, there we go. I go to the police station? Should I go to the police station? Yeah, she was in trouble, man, no doubt about that. But give her some props because she's still with the guy. So that means he's got a lot of money or I won't go there. You are too uh, – yeah, I won't go there. Anyway, the co-feature, one of the co-features on the bout, of course, Catlin again. I hope I got that right. Defeated Vivian Ara. that was the unanimous not a cross board. that was the only female fighter on the course. Female MMA, much more exciting than men. Why is that? Because women have something to prove. They do. They go out there, they give it their all, man. There's no doubt about it. Now, I'm not trying to say I would want to date an MMA fighter, but I'm telling you, they are the real deal. No doubt about that. You are tuned to Ring Talk, live, worldwide. You're inside looking through the world of boxing and mixed martial arts. Of course, this is our number one of two. Live on Sports Byline, iHeartRadio, Sirius XM, Satellite Radio, Channel 217. I mean, I keep going iTunes, Stitcher.com, com. Anyway, but the bottom line is hour number two. I'll bring in the WBC president, Mauricio Suleiman. We'll have some fun with him. And, of course, I'll bring in Muhammad Ali and Liberace. Who's Liberace? He's some gay guy that I met in Palm Springs about 15 or 20 years ago. He was a gas to be around. I have a story about Liberace, Muhammad Ali, and myself, of course. This is Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Executive producer of the great Scott Cuddy. Hour number one coming to a close. Hour number two forthcoming after that bunk-ass news. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Hey!
13: Say Radio News with Wendy King.
9: Medics in Gaza are reporting the death toll from an Israeli airstrike today is 42 people. The United Nations Security Council in New York had an emergency meeting to discuss the escalating violence in Israel and Gaza. UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres condemned the violence. He said he's now calling for both sides to return to the bargaining table.
2: The only way forward is to return to negotiations with the goal of a two-state solution, leaving two states side by side in peace, security, and mutual recognition with Jerusalem as the capital of
10: both states.
9: In the Israeli city of Ascalon, one building suffered a direct hit. Health officials in Gaza say the recent Israeli airstrikes have killed nearly three dozen Palestinians. Egypt is trying to help broker the peace talks between the two countries. This is USA Radio News.
12: Maybe you've heard about MediShare and you know what it is. It's the affordable alternative to health insurance. But you've wondered, can I really save a significant amount of money on my monthly health care bills? And the answer is an emphatic, yes, you can. You can save a lot of money, whether it's just for you or for an entire family. MediShare has an option for you. In fact, the typical family saves $500 a month switching to MediShare. Very refreshing right now. If you want more info, it's so simple. You can get a price within two minutes. Call 844-34-BIBLE. That's 844-34-BIBLE. 844-34-BIBLE.
9: Just a few days after she was ousted from Republican congressional leadership over her criticisms of former President Trump, Congresswoman Liz Cheney told ABC's This Week, I won't be part of of whitewashing what happened on January 6th. Nobody should be part of it, and people ought to be held accountable. This week, the House could vote on establishing a bipartisan commission to investigate the violence on January 6th at the Capitol. She also said the false claims about the election are harmful. To cause that kind of questioning uh, about our process Frankly, it's the same kinds of things that the, the Chinese Communist Party says about democracy, that it's a failed system, that America's a failed nation. Chinese replacement Elise Stefanik says the party is unified.
5: We want to focus every day on exposing the border crisis, the economic crisis, and the national security crisis in the Middle East, because it's having an impact on everyday Americans' lives. Stefanik
9: on Fox's Sunday Morning Futures. You're listening to USA Radio News.
0: Hi, this is Dr. Joel Wallach, and I want to tell you that arthritis is not a genetic thing. It's not a disease of aging. Neither is osteoporosis. Get a hold of my book. It's all in your head. goes into the 25 different diseases you get when you have osteoporosis of the skull. These are all reversible. You take the Healthy Bone and Joint Pack, the MSM, vitamin D3, stay away from all the bad foods, including gluten, and guess what? You'll regrow all your bones, including your skull and your legs and your hips and everything else. Contact us at usaradiohealth.com. That's usaradiohealth.com.
9: A tiger that was lost in Houston is finally found after nearly a week on the loose. USA Radio's Dan Naraki has more.
4: The Bengal tiger that had been missing in Houston for nearly a week has been found. The tiger has been taken to the city's animal shelter and is said to be secure and unharmed. The man last seen with a tiger in a West Houston neighborhood last weekend was out on bond in connection with a 2017 murder case and has since had his bond revoked. Houston Police Commander Ron Borza says the incident should be a warning to people against having exotic pets like a tiger in their home.
7: In no way, shape, or form should you have an animal like that in your household. That animal is only nine months old. It already weighs 175 pounds, full grown. That animal can get to 600 pounds. It still had its claws, and uh, it could do a lot of damage if he decided to. Luckily for us, he's very tame, and uh, he will be going to a sanctuary tomorrow, where hopefully he'll live the rest of his life in a very safe environment.
9: The Tiger King's Joe Exotic has revealed he has prostate cancer. The former zoo owner took to Twitter on Friday to share his cancer diagnosis and once again pleaded for a pardon from President Biden in the wake of his illness. Exotic, who is 58, was convicted on 17 federal charges of animal abuse and two counts of attempted murder for hire in his plot to kill nemesis and Big Cat Rescue owner, Carol Baskin, in 2019. He was sentenced to 22 years in prison. For USA Radio News, I'm Wendy King.
0: We are the Debt Destroyer Network. Any debt you have, credit card, tax, student loan debt. Call now for free information that helps you destroy your debt. It's great advice. Plus, when you make this free call now, we have debt destroyer experts ready to help. They can show you how to destroy your debt and get your life back on track. Debt problems don't have to be overwhelming. You can live stress-free and debt-free. That's 877-360-0402.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, live from the West Coast, it's time for Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Your inside look into combat sports. Ring Talk Live Worldwide, brought to you by the WBC. The World Boxing
12: Council.
14: It is absolutely necessary that we all get together. We work together. We respect each other. We like and love each other.
1: And now, the host of the longest-running fight show in radio
10: and Internet history. I'm getting tired of people running for me in the ring. Mike Tyson, uh, Holyfield, you bunch of bums. Stand up and be a man and fight a real fighter. Pedro
2: Fernandez. Domisi Caballeros, bienvenidos. Ladies and gentlemen,
3: emanating, coming at you from the multi-million dollar Sports by Line Studios. Check it. This is Ring Talk Live Worldwide and WBC Boxing TV. Austin imitated but never duplicated 37. Make that 38 plus years now of knocking out all bums. Who am I? My name is Pedro Fernandez. I am your ever-so-modest host. Of course, I'm also a four-time Golden Glove boxing champion. So I could fight a little bit, or at least I could back in the day. And I know a little about boxing because I was an award-winning boxing writer. So evidently, supposedly, allegedly, I know a little bit about boxing. But like I say at the top of every hour, I'm going to give you, the boxing fan, a shot here to show me up. 1-800-878-7529. That's 1-800-878-7529. Of course, there's also the guilt-free no-commitment text line. That number... 415-275-1613. 415-275-1613. That's 415-275-1613. Well, unification match last night. WBC, WB 122 pound champions, of course, hooking it up. Brandon Figueroa, the WBA champ, coming out on top. Luis Neri, probably not the smartest move in the world since he left. Eddie Reynoso and Team Reynoso, of course, Team Reynoso, the, the stars. I mean, they, have, they got Canelo, they got Ryan Garcia. And I know Ryan Garcia has taken a lot of heat lately because of his emotional issues. The fact he's got anxiety or depression, people say he's a puss, he's this, he's that. Have you ever been depressed? You ever had somebody die in your family, like a, maybe a dog? I mean, I still, get, I still cry over my dog two and a half years later. So what I'm trying to tell you is you can't measure a person's emotions, no way, no how. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide, so don't dog Ryan Garcia, King Rye, because he's still got the 2.3 million instant, uh, uh, Instagram followers. All those chicks still love him. Hey, Ryan's got it going on. As a fighter, I still think he's the best. You're tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide.
7: I'm Ron Barr. All my life I've been active, playing tennis, pickup basketball, cycling and swimming. But let me tell you, as I've gotten older, my body now tells me when enough is enough and I've done too much. Did you know 100 million Americans suffer from ongoing pain due to aging, exercise, overexertion and the effects of everyday living? I want to recommend Relief Factor to you. Relief Factor can help all those body parts that are hurting, sore, such as neck and shoulder, back, hip, or knee, or just general muscle aches and pains. Here's what I recommend. Go to relieffactor.com to find out more. And Relief Factor has something special for the Sports Byline USA Network listeners. You can get their three-week quick start program for just $19.95. That's only $0.95 a day. So give them a call at 800-500-8384. That's 800-500-8384. Or check it out at relieffactor.com. Learn how
5: thousands of smart homeowners are investing about a dollar to avoid expensive home repair bills. John, a former non-customer, said, My air conditioner broke and I had to spend $1,900 to fix it. Jeff, a customer, wrote, My air conditioner broke and I got a new one at no out-of-pocket cost.
0: That's 800-410-4771
1: Ring Talk Live Worldwide is brought to you by the World Boxing Council, the WBC, You are tuned to Ring Talk
3: Live or why check it. Your inside look in the world of boxing and martial arts. Let's go back in time. 1964, the Tonight
8: Show. I'd like you to meet, perhaps, ladies and gentlemen, the next world's champion of the Lexington YMCA. A grand young man. I hope the next champion of the United States. Why not? Cassius Clay. <laughs> wait man i was surprised to learn you know because i've gone along with the with the, the cliche you know that uh, that you're all a product of uh, poetry and everything but i didn't know that you were United States Olympic boxing champ 1959 and 1960 actual totally United Go- state olympic champion world
2: olympic champion. i had to oh now I you've get, gone too far before you uh, were i had to beat everybody in the united states to qualify for the uh, the whole... Are you the world? The world. The whole number one. Oh, right. Well, right. how about oh, that? Man.
8: Where'd you start boxing? Why did you start boxing? I started boxing in Louisville, Kentucky. Why? Why? Two years ago. Tell me, Sally. The nice little... 12 years ago. ago, someone stole my bicycle. Now, that's right. And <laughs> I said, if I ever catch the guy, I'm going to beat him up. But I never did catch him. You never did. No, but... And you feel that you uh, you possibly could... could uh, do I'm win. getting ready to fight the roughest and the toughest man in the world. Sonny Lister. Right. And you feel you have a chance? If he
2: dreamed he beat me, he would
6: apologize.
2: Yes. Uh, uh, you really feel that strongly hey, about it. That's right. Sonny Lister would rather take off his sport coat, soak it in gasoline, and run through hell before he fights me. I know
8: it. He's backing away all the time. I see. Like uh, listen, huh? Why don't you play for him? Uh... You'd rather play than fight with him, would you? Oh, that's a... I'm a lover, not a fighter. <laughs> <laughs> well, why don't you play and let the Cassius? Because if you don't, if you can't fight, you know, if it doesn't work out, you can always get a job with Burma Shave, yeah. I think, the way he was rhyming. Would, would you, you like me to play?
2: Yeah, that would be a beautiful combination. All, All right. Yes, right. Well, you, you
8: recite something and I'll make up the music. Uh, for a change, do the one about you. Oh, uh-huh.
2: of Cassius Clay, the most beautiful fighter in the world today. He talks a great deal and brags indeedy of a muscular punch that's incredibly speedy. <laughs> the physic world was dull and weary. With the champ-like some things had to be dreary someone with color, someone with dash, brought fight fans are running with cash, this brash young boxer is something to see, and the heavyweight championship is his destiny, this kid fights great, he's got speed and endurance, but if you decide to fight him, increase your insurance, this kid's got a left, this kid's got a right, and if he hits you once, you are asleep for the night, You lie on the floor while the ref counts ten. You pray that you won't have to fight me again. For I'm the man this form is about. The next champ of the world, there isn't a doubt. Here I predict and I know the score. I'll be champ of the world in 64. If Casha says a mosquito can pull a plow, don't ask how, hitch him up.
3: I talked about her earlier. I'm talking about Christy Martin, of course the coal miners daughter, a sold out show. The Crown Reef Resort in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. I said it was in Florida. New Orleans court lightweight. Jeremy Hill took out Colombian devil, Julio Basar with a four round knock four down four time knockdown beating. Straight up Christy Martin's a winner as far as being a promoter's concern. More power to her. Of course, as I said, the toughest woman in the world. When you can get stabbed and you can get shot and you can still survive. I think that's pretty cool. Plus, she, of course, she survived Don King for all those years. Bottom line is Christy Warren's Rock and Roll, and I hope to have her on next week's show. Now, pound for pound, of course, one of the greatest fighters, I think, going today, the lightweight champion, Tiafimo Lopez, the guy that Hector said he wasn't going to beat, Vasil Lomachenko. He beat the brakes off of Vasil Lomachenko, okay? And I think he's going to beat the brakes off of George Cambrassus when they hook up on June the 5th. Of course, this is for the World Lightweight Championship, all with the exception of the WBC crowns. So and we'll talk about that to an extent with the WBC president in a couple of minutes. To talk about Mauricio Suleiman, of course, because right now the WBC's got Devin Haney. They've got the aforementioned Ryan Garcia, who I just love. I mean, everybody says to me, why are you in love with this kid? Because I just, I think he, listen, Jack Fist told me one time, never fall in love with a fighter. I said, Jack, why? He goes, don't do it. I said, why? He goes, I fell in love with Alexis Arguello. He goes, yeah. Then I found out he was a womanizer, and he smoked cigarettes every day of his life, and he was drinking, he was a drunk, and he was this, and he was that. I go, Jack, enough, enough, enough. Anyway, you don't fall in love with a fighter. That's what they say. I, I have fallen in love with fighters in the past, and right now I think that, I'm not saying I'm in love with Ryan Garcia, but I want him to do well. I just want him to do well. I think he's got the right. Attitude. He's a good kid and he's got a decent amateur background. And I just wanted to beat the guy from San Francisco, Devin Haney. Why? Because Devin won't give me an interview on the show. Devin, you heard this. You were in town for two weeks and you didn't come down to the studio. It wouldn't come around. So the bottom line is, I'm picking Ryan Garcia to beat you. Now, of course, Hector and I can bet on that one. No doubt about that. But Hector's a little cheap when it comes to paying up on them bets. I'm telling you, Barb, he don't pay. You got to chase him around to get paid. You hear me, Mr. Mailman out there, all millionaire guy? Tough to get. I had to, he, I, he gave me, he bought me a cheeseburger for the last fight. I mean, he owed me money. For, we bet on fights. He gets, he bets cheeseburger. He doesn't want to bet any money. Mr. Millionaire himself. Anyway, big fights coming up, of course. Big, big fights. A lightweight championship. And then you've got Floyd Mayweather coming back against Logan Paul, Jake Paul. Might as well be Scott Cuddy. Might as well be Mr. Sterrell. I mean, I mean, come on, man. Floyd's going to fight this guy that's like lost his only fight he's ever had. And he's a big lummox. He's not really a fighter. He's like, a YouTube creation. What does that mean? Does that mean I can come back in my age and start beating people up? If you want to let me fight those guys, I can. I'm serious. If you want to let me come back and fight Logan Paul, Jake Paul, i beat those guys. i beat them like a drum. Seriously. In shape, out of shape, no doubt about that. But Floyd's going to fight him for like millions of bucks. Millions of bucks to fight a guy that can't fight. Why didn't they ever offer me fights like that? Eh, boxing world's unfair, no doubt about that. Speaking of boxing world, of course, the World Heavyweight champ is going to go down August 14th. In Dubai, they're telling me now, Bob Arum sort of confirmed this over the weekend. Of course, the world heavyweight champion was the undefeated, now 28 fights in a draw. I'm talking about Tyson Fury taking on the once-beaten 2012 Olympic gold medalist, Mr. Anthony Joshua. Of course, he's once beaten, losing that fight to Auntie Louise when he lost that fight to that fat Mexican slob. And he was at that point. I mean, come on. He was like 300 pounds. And then he beats... Anthony Joshua. So, what happens in between? He goes and does himself some blow, gets some more, starts drinking some more beer, and gets fatter. So, when he starts training camp at 317 pounds, comes down to 283. He's got big breasts, big old breasts. I mean, you know, I mean unattractive breasts, okay? Not even attractive. Anyway, bottom line, he's a big, fat guy. He lost to Anthony Joshua, lost almost every round to Anthony Joshua. And then, of course, he's come back now with Eddie Reynoso and Team Renoso, a.k.a. Team Canelo. Now, they've got him down in weight. I think he was down to like a 260 pounds or 255 pounds in his last fight against Chris Ariola, which is good. But, you know, sometimes you can't make chicken soup out of chicken spit. And I could change that letter from a a P to an H if I have to. But the bottom line is you just can't do it. I mean, you just can't. I mean, do I think Andy Ruiz or Auntie Ruiz or whatever? Okay, I'll call him by his real name. Andy Ruiz. Andy Ruiz. Okay. Do I think he's going to become a real star ever again? No, I think he was an asterisk in boxing history. I think he was just a guy that happened to get lucky and caught Anthony Joshua on the chin when Anthony brought that chin to him. Joshua brought the chin to him. But he didn't bring the chin to him in the second fight. He couldn't touch him. At the end of the day, Andy's just a fat guy. Team Reynoso, good luck on that one. You are tuning to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. After the break, the WBC president, Mauricio Suleiman, el presidente in the house on Ring Talk Live Worldwide and WBC Boxing TV. Joshua
1: looks so
2: tired. I think he wants
1: We're talking Byline Sports, where
4: sports happens.
0: that's 800-403-5912. You're listening to Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez,
1: brought to you by the World Boxing Council, the WBC, right here on Sports Byline.
3: Let's take us south from the border, Mexico City, and bring in the president of the World Boxing Council, Mr. Mauricio Suleiman. How are you today, sir? Mauricio? No. No. Hello, hello, hello. All right. Mauricio, how are you, sir?
14: (laughs) Fine, Pedro. How are you, my dear friend?
3: Fine, man. Did you kiss mama? Did you kiss mama for me this morning?
14: Absolutely. As always. All right. Thank you so much, man. So how's she doing? She's doing great. Uh, she's waiting for the two week, uh, grace after the vaccine, the second vaccine, and she's going to start, uh, doing a little, uh, gatherings with her friends it's been way too long you know larry merchant is moving you know he's 90 years old
3: he's moving from santa monica i won't say what street but to um to the beach down there in la so he's moving right now he's 90 years old he had the vaccine and he went out to a boxing meeting about a week and a half ago he had a great time so it looks like the world is going to come
14: back to normal slowly but surely well i had dinner with him in los angeles uh, a night before the Ariola wrist fight, uh-huh. we had a little gathering at the pond with our old friends of boxing, and he looked great. Larry Merchant looked great and happy, and the world is turning, my friend. Yeah, he
3: he told me about it. He he you know he likes you. He liked Daddy. And speaking of Daddy, I got a kick out of Jose Suleiman the other day because you know the other day the only time. I don't drink. Everybody knows I don't drink. Every in the world, boxing council and around the world of boxing knows I'm not a drinker. But when they when they tried to pull me off that boat in Malaga, Spain, after they gave me that cigar, you know, Spider Bynum said he took the Cuban cigar. He's laughing. He, he gave me a Cuban cigar. He said, "How do you smoke a cigar?" He goes, "Smoke it like like just take a big long drag and suck it in." And I said, "Okay." So I took this big long drag and sucked it in, and I was laying on the floor of the boat. My head was spinning all around. I couldn't believe it. This and that. So. Your father walks past me, and he looks down at me. He says, Peter, are you okay? I said, no, Godfather, I'm not okay anyway. He asked me later, were you drinking? I said, no, no. Spider Binum drugged me. He gave me the cigar. He told me to inhale the cigar. They had me on the pier for 45 minutes. The entire part, they had buses. You know buses that brought us there? Bus char- Charter buses that brought us to the pier? We had to take a cab back because I was in no condition to get on the bus. Everybody thought I was drinking. I wasn't drinking. Bottom line is, I don't drink. That was my little WBC story for the day. Now, last night... Brandon Figueroa captured the WBC crown in a WBA-WBC unification match.
14: Pretty thrilling match there, Mr. Figueroa. Yes, yes. uh, It was a wonderful, action-packed fight. Uh, Figueroa uh, very aggressive moving forward, landing solid punches and taking punches. And uh, that was a masterful uh, hook to the body that uh, knocked out the previously undefeated uh, Neri, who had been champion in bantamweight now in super bantamweight and he lost the title and, and, uh, we have a new champion, a very proud Figueroa who is a, a, a role model in society, a very nice kid. Okay.
3: Now we had a fantastic event last week. 73,000 people turned out, of course, in Dallas, Texas for Canelo Alvarez, the king of boxing, turning back Billy Joe Sanders. Wow. 73,000 people. That was an indoor record for the United States as far as boxing crowds were concerned.
14: Yes, that's a long-standing record who belonged to Mohammed Ali and Spinks at the Superdome, and it was uh, very exciting to see such an event. Uh, as I said, the world is turning, and it was great to see that it was a boxing match which featured uh, the first real sporting or, or uh, entertainment event with a full-capacity crowd and such a great atmosphere. And it was a tremendous fight also. So it was a demonstration of why Canelo is considered the pound for pound. And he was uh, finally, he got to be recognized by the people. Uh, now he can feel... Pr- Proud and happy.
3: You know, I think he, he's, I think he knows where his stature is in boxing. I think he realizes he, he is the pound for pound king in boxing. He's not conceited about it. I mean, I've been following him for a few years and different conventions and things like that. We'll see him at the fights, but he's probably the most humble guy that I've come in contact with in the upper echelons of boxing, especially Mexican boxers, because for the most part, and I don't want to name names, but we like to party. Roberto Duran and guys like that, and he's part Mexican, Roberto, part Panamanian, part Mexican. But he does, Canelo doesn't party.
14: No, he doesn't party, and he's very disciplined. Uh Right after the fights, he goes back to the gym. Now he fell in love with golf, and uh, it's just keeping him always active and in shape never gains weight so he is guaranteeing a long lasting career when when you have such discipline and dedication uh it, he doesn't take all the when you party like the ones yep. that you mentioned and the many more that we know it takes years from your ring life so he's guaranteeing a good six seven more years in the ring yep. if he continues in this path
3: you know, and I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that he 12 round fight, because we talked about this before, the damage incurred in the 13th to 14th to 15th round, it wasn't for anybody but 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 blood bloodthirsty savages because those 13th to 14 round, you had
14: nothing left. Yeah, it was uh, dramatic, it was brutal. Of course, for the fans, it was entertaining and uh, very exciting to see uh, two people without anything left. Uh, just trying to survive, uh, with so much fatigue and dehydration. But, it was dramatic, but, but uh, but that, it took a long, strong price.
3: But that's not me. That's not what I like. I don't want to see that. I don't want to see guys get destroyed. I don't need to see that. I want to see clean athletic contests. In other words, when a guy like, like the fight with Canelo and, and, and Billy Joe Sanders. The fight was over. I mean, the comp- once the fight's no longer competitive, the fight should be stopped. That's why we have the uh, the potential residual effects from from boxing, was the fact that fights don't get stopped when they should. And, you know, I was ragging about this earlier, Mauricio, but the USC, those guys never stop fights. They just let those guys go out there and get battered.
14: You know, I was just watching a my nephew showed me a knockout. Andres showed me the knockout of, I think it was yesterday. Uh... You know the fighter falls down, and those blows when when the fighter is down are so damaging. They keep punching until the referee has to tackle them, and it's so dangerous. It's that, that's thing. One thing I absolutely do not like. Uh, of course, the rules permit to hit Well, obviously,
3: obviously, it's not working for me either. And, and you know, at the end of the day, people call it entertainment, but the residual effects. You wanna. Oh, we lost Mauricio. Let's try to get Mauricio back there on Skype. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide you're... <laughs> and WBC Boxing TV. You know, it only happens when you're like going live from one country to another. It never happens when they call in next door, but it happens from country to country. So we we'll try to get Mauricio Suleiman back on the line here. Of course, he is the president of the World Boxing Council. He was celebrating the fact that we had 73,000 people paid attendance last weekend, of course, Dallas, Texas for the big fight between Canelo Alvarez and Billy Joe Sanders. Now, one of the blights on that fight was the fact that my homies were throwing blows in the stands. You know, like that one fat guy they showed on TV and during the highlights. He, Listen, man, if you're going to fight and you're going to take off your shirt, don't look like that. Okay. And then don't get beat up. Them girls slapped you around. You see that thing? Uh, did, did anybody else see that a videotape on TV where the guy was getting beat up by the girls? The girls are socking them up there in the studio, up in the, in the Dallas stadium. I mean, listen, you're going to take off your shirt, you're going to get macho. Don't get beat up by women, man. I mean, get beat up by a man. At least go out like a, go out like a star. Anyway, bottom line is that's your YouTube claim for fame. We're back with the president of the World Boxing Council, Mauricio Suleiman. Mauricio, I got to ask you, um, what's happening with Ryan Garcia? How's he feeling?
14: Well, I, I believe that, uh, he's on the way to recovery. With we have been uh, monitoring and trying to be close to him, and uh, we will fully support him on, on this path. He took a brave step. It was very good that he decided to, to attend his issues, his problems, and he's a role model and example to others that need to attend their brain health, their mental health whenever there's a situation. There's always a solution, and many times we don't see it, and we need uh, to have someone to help us to to get out of uh, that uh, horrible nightmare that is uh, the situations that go in, into your mind.
3: You know, it, it's, a couple of people I know have questioned his um, his intestinal fortitude. They tried to say that you know maybe he doesn't lack the, the 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 guts to do this. And then this was the same person that gets anxiety attacks himself. So I said to him, "You're not a coward, and you get anxiety attacks. Well, what's up with that?" So I guess he's seeing things from a different perspective now. But Ryan Garcia, do we expect him back in the ring
14: in 2021? Uh, I don't. I don't know. He's he showed that he was already training, but uh, it is up to him, and uh, we will be there for whenever he's ready to go back into the ring. The WBC will support him. But uh, it's mo- most important that he attends. Uh, this is a long time uh, situation he has had, so it is not a quick recovery. Uh, it needs a a, a process, and um, it's like uh, when you're an alcoholic. Maybe in two weeks you feel you you are already there, but uh, you need months to really finish a process of healing.
3: Okay. No doubt about that, Mauricio. Mauricio, when you when you look at the World Boxing Council right now and the fact that your father's looking down on us all,
14: they just opened a gym in Sinaloa, Mexico, under his name, didn't they? Yes, it was a very humbling experience to be down there in Mazatlan. Uh, the gym is beautiful, and he has so many pictures of my father, and it has three rings, so many punching bags, and that's where the future champs will start uh, their career, their path in boxing. When he envisioned
3: and put together the WBC back in the 60s, do you think he thought it would be lasting through the 21st century like it has, being the number one sanctioning body?
14: Yes, because he worked very hard, and he he always promoted unity and uh, teamwork. The team of people from all over the world that uh, work every single day uh, to try to make boxing better and safer... It's a, the team that he assembled, and the new blood that has been coming in. They all share the same principle and values. So, I am sure that uh, the WBC will be here for as long as boxing exists.
3: Okay, WBC President Mauricio Sulaiman. We will keep him until after the break and talk to him a few, few, a few short more minutes. The bottom line is, you are tuned to Ring Talk Live worldwide and WBC Boxing TV. Of course, you can always catch out. The latest from the World Boxing Council by going to their website, wbcboxing.com. Tower of power to the break. Ain't nothing stopping us now.
13: Tuba Towels. We started with the toughest messes, and quickly realized Tuba Towels heavy-duty cleaning wipes can clean just about anything, like stubborn brake dust, spilled paint, even permanent marker. There's literally thousands of uses. Proudly made in the USA, with over 30,000 five-star reviews. Find Tuba Towels heavy-duty cleaning wipes at your local auto parts store, the Home Depot, Lowe's, and more. Look for the big yellow tub.
11: That's rexmd.com.
5: Hey, we get it. You don't want to be hearing a progressive commercial right now, so let us tell you something you do want to hear. You are intelligent. You make all the right decisions. You were smart before smart was cool, and you made it cool again. You have a wealth of knowledge, and you are so very clever. <laughs> I bet you already knew I was going to say that, you genius. There. Don't you feel better? You'll also feel better when you hear you could save big when you switch to Progressive. But I'm pretty sure you already knew that, too. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates.
0: My doctor prescribed me Viagra. Now, more of Ring Talk with Pedro
1: Fernandez, brought to you by the WBC, the World Boxing Council, right here on Sports Byline.
3: 40 minutes past the hour, this is Ring Talk Live Worldwide and WBC Boxing TV. South of the border, of course, we go with the WBC president, Mr. Mauricio Suleiman. Mauricio, in 1984, God, I'm dating myself, but in 1984, I came in number 13 in the country when it came to the Olympic trials. So what I'm trying to tell you is, the Olympics were hot in my day. I mean, Mark Breland won the gold medal that year. Tyrell Biggs was a heavyweight champion. I mean, there was all kinds of stars. You have Meldrick Taylor, I can keep going on. Pranell Whitaker. What's happening with Olympic boxing now? Why is it not jumping off the table? Why is it?
14: Well, it has been a a horrible two decades of uh, very bad administration by AIBA, which led to the Olympic Committee to... We draw recognition from them. And now there is uh, complete chaos. There's no uh, rule. There's no order. There's no one to look after the Olympic, the amateur boxing. So I'm very, very concerned because uh, in Tokyo, uh, the selection, of course, due to the pandemic, many competitions could not take place. So they're going to have... Uh, the rankings from two years ago, those will be the ones representing several of the countries. And uh, these will be the lowest number of boxers ever for the USA. Only two men will participate and four women. And Mexico only has one uh, female fighter going to the Olympics. So this is uh, dramatic. Uh, it's uh, an absolute concern. And uh, we we expect that amateur boxing resolves its situation uh, in the immediate future. Otherwise, it's going to be a problem for professional boxing because the grassroots and the new talent comes from from the great structure of amateur boxing. You
3: know, Mauricio, I, I, I concur with you 100% on that. But, you know, the fact that two Olympic boxers are going to the Olympic Games, that's an indictment of USA Boxing.
14: I don't believe it's uh, USA Boxing's fault. Okay. Uh, I believe it is the international uh, federation, AIBA, the okay. way they led uh, wrongly for the last two decades. It hurt the amateur programs all over the world. There has been so much corruption and bad uh, performance of the judges, and it uh, just got uh, kidnapped. Amateur boxing was kidnapped. And now it's suffering the consequences. I have seen USA Boxing trying to do uh, good activity and with a limited uh, situation and then the pandemic hit. But I, I think uh, USA Boxing and other countries are trying to do what is best, but they were not able to do it. So now it's uh, in the aftermath. Uh, we have to regroup and, and see how amateur boxing can be saved.
3: Yeah, but amateur boxing, they had pros fighting in the, they had pros fighting in the Olympics. I mean, what happened to the, the sanctity, the purity of the amateur game? And the Olympics was supposed to be about the best amateurs from this country versus the best amateurs from that country.
14: So you're trying to tell me I've got to fight Vitaly Klitschko? That's exactly the problem. That's why we initiated a huge campaign against, uh, what was happening with Aiva. So, how can you expect uh, professionals to go into the Olympic Games uh, that would kill the amateur boxing? So this is a moment where uh, it's a time to, for all the reforms and there is no going to be uh, what they wanted to do to have the big uh, profile professionals. That is not going to happen. So we are expecting that a new process will begin after these Olympic Games and hopefully... Uh, there will be a new era for amateur boxing.
3: Without a doubt, the amateur boxing, of course, the amateur boxing is the plant that feeds the, the seedling, the seed that feeds the professional ranks, no doubt about that. Now we're talking about the World Heavyweight Championship. Is it, is that gonna happen August the 14th in Dubai? Are they gonna, Tyson Fury and, uh, Anthony Joshua gonna do this or what?
14: Well, I just saw a posting by Tyson Fury saying it's done, and that should mean that it's uh, a reality. They've been talking for a long time. Hopefully it is, and uh, that will be the greatest fight in a long, long time, at least from the popularity and expectations. Uh, this is something that uh, we'll have the world watching like Ali Frazier did in 1971.
3: Okay, I'll, I'll I'll go along with you on that. But the bottom line is the fight's going to be in Dubai. That means there's not going to be too many people going to this fight. I mean, I I, I don't want to say this. Oh yeah, I will say it. Dubai's a hellhole. I never want to go back to Dubai. It was terrible. I couldn't believe it.
14: It was like 120 degrees in the winter time. Mauricio. Was- well, this is the world. This is the world. That's why it's a world championship. It's a uh, I get it. A new. <laughs> I get it. I'm just giving, yes. I'm just having, I'm just having
3: to go. It was, it was so hot there. I mean, I just couldn't believe it. They told me, this is winter time. You, oh, that's what they said to me. That's how they got me to go to Dubai. They told me it was winter in Dubai. I said, cool. I went over there. It was like 112 degrees. So that,
14: that incredible. was incredible.
3: So is now, what are we looking for as far as the WBC 135 pound situation is concerned? We've got Lenaris and Haney are going to go at it pretty soon. That's going to be on the zone, right?
14: Yes, uh, Linares Haney on May 29th from Las Vegas. Uh, that should be a sensational fight and proves that the tournament that we started uh, with the creation of the franchise designation has proven to bring great fights and great activities. So we have Linares and then we have uh, Teofimo with Camboses and, uh, at, at the end of June. So uh, we have Fortuna, who has been, unfortunately, <laughs> out of so many fights due for, to others' uh, problems. But uh, I expect to have great activity in the lightweight division this okay. year. Who is Nordin or Orbali? He is a WBC bantamweight champion who is going to be defending against Donair in the mandatory title defense. May 29, California, sensational match.
3: Uh, Nordin, I've seen a couple of films of him on tape. He looks good on YouTube, and of course, the Filipino Flash man. He's from Northern California, Newark California. Newark California is where where uh, Nonito lives. Him and his wife Rachel. Now, this is going to go. This is for the WBC
14: 118 pound title. So he's going to make 118 at the age of 38. 118, and his last fight, he he did 118, and he almost won against uh, Inoue, who was a heavy favorite. So that put him back in the map and. Uh, he's a mandatory contender. It should be a great match.
9: Okay.
3: Why... W- I try to explain this to people. that, that Why is it we start off with a 105-pound weight class, we go to 108 pounds, 112 pounds. Can you explain to people the size difference between those weight classes? Because I try to tell them, and they tell me it's only 3 pounds. They don't realize there's a physical size-mass difference.
14: Well, uh, weight is the most important factor in boxing. And when you have a... A difference when you have to lose weight to remain in a division Or you have to move up to the next division giving weight advantage uh, That's why the WBC implemented so many different weight categories Intermediate divisions to make uh, boxing safer and create opportunities for more fighters So uh, three pounds might be nothing for me or for you, Pedro, but you are smaller, but uh, three pounds for a straw weight is a lot of weight. Listen. One pound. When you give up, when you lose one pound, it's, I mean, it's a, uh, just try it. Losing a pound from one day to another and you will see what it is. Now listen, one time I went to the way, I went to
3: the scale, I dried out and the scale was wrong. We had a scale in my room and it was wrong. It said 139 pounds, I went down, I was on the junior welterweight lemon, I took off my underwear the whole nine yards, I stepped on the scale, I was 139 and three quarter pounds. That was the hardest three quarter pounds I ever took off in my life! Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, you would, I only want to tell you what I had to do to do that, but I was running around the hotel with sweatshirts on. I went in the shower an hour and a half later. I made the weight, but that was just three quarters of a pound. So imagine taking off a lot of weight. So anyway, Mauricio, kiss mama for me. Um, anything else in the world of WBC you want to get across? Has Oscar Valdez got a date yet?
14: Uh, no, I don't think so, but, uh, we'll be watching. Uh, the administration of all the divisions, and we'll have for next week a lot of information for you, my dear Pedro. Thank you, my brother. Kiss mama
3: for me because I missed her on Mother's Day, but give her a big kiss for me, okay? Thank you so much. Have a great Sunday. The great Mauricio Sulaiman, my man. He takes good care of me and he sponsors the show as well. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Check it. your inside look into the world of boxing, MMA. Of course, this is the hour number two coming to you on Sunday, Sunday, 11 a.m. Pacific time for two hours. Live on Sports Byline, iHeartRadio, Sirius XM Satellite, Radio Channel 217. Of course, we come to you live on Twitch.tv, the live broadcast, the Twitch broadcast, the stream broadcast, the Sports Byline USA channel, and, and get this, the network is putting these videos together after the fact. In other words, like, you'll have a video that will run today, and then tomorrow or later today, they'll call it the Ring Talk Highlights, the WBC TV Highlights, and that is the the edited version of this show. In other words, you don't get to watch all the commercials. So, so it rocks and rolls. Check it out. You'll find it at the website soon. Maybe I'll have it up at the Facebook page, probably about 7 or 8 o'clock. But it's always rock and roll and no doubt about that. Ring Talk Live Worldwide and WBC Boxing TV. Check them out, twitch.tv. Now, Tyson Fury defending the World Heavyweight Championship against Anthony Joshua. Here's what's up. I'm to go out on a limb right now and say Joshua gets drilled. Now, how can I say that? I was so high on Joshua. I mean, he was like the heir apparent to greatness, right? Until he got hit on the chin. Once you get hit on the chin, things change. You know, I got hit on the chin. I was standing up. Some guys get hit on the chin. They get knocked down. Some guys get up. Some guys don't. Joshua didn't get up. Joshua was toast. There's no doubt about it. I don't see him beating Tyson Fury not in any time, not in any time sooner or future. Absolutely no doubt about that. As far as the rest of the heavyweight division, Cern, Malik Scott, pretty good guy when he was fighting. Of course, he's one of my partners on Facebook. But he has now signed up to train Deontay Wilder. That's why Deontay Wilder, of course, the one punch artist, the one, the one trick pony. Let's be honest. 2008 Olympic bronze medalist from Mobile, Alabama. Of course, he was hot. He had Mark Breland for a trainer. What did he say after he lost that first fight? He was drugged. His corner man drugged him. They put volumes in his, in his water in between rounds. That's kind of good stuff. Then Tyson Fury used illegal gloves. In other words, the bottom line is Deontay Wilder wouldn't own up to the fact he got his you know what kicked he just did he got his you know what kick so now he's got malik scott in the corner and what can malik bring to the game well unless you teach this guy how to dance and i mean footwork basic footwork he's got two left feet he's a six foot seven inch black guy if i was six foot seven and black if i was six foot seven i'd never lose a fight in my life but if i was six foot seven and black and had his stature and his muscle tones and that kind of good stuff i would learn how to fight You can't. You got to learn how to fight. You just can't punch. Punching is not fighting. There's a big difference. Taking a shot, the ability to throw combinations together, work the body, come up and down, work a strategy. This is not in Deontay Wilder's mindset. All he wants to do is go out there. And knock you out with the right hand. Of course, he did knock down Tyson Fury not once, <clears throat> but twice. And of course the second time in that twelfth round, everybody was a miraculous that Tyson Fury got up. But he got up. And then he came back in the rematch. Of course, they ruled that fight a draw after twelve rounds. He came back in the rematch and he beat he beat the breaks off Anthony Joshua. I'm trying to be kind here, but he beat the brakes off Anthony Joshua. He just did. There was just no doubt about it, okay? And I just don't think that any time you look at the heavyweight division right now. You look at it, you have to think Tyson Fury. It's all about Tyson Fury. There's nobody else in the world to have a heavyweight picture, I think. I don't think Anthony Josh is gonna make it, and I don't think there's anybody coming up that's gonna make it anyway. Looking at some of the mail coming in here, Marvin Hagler. Mm, may he rest in peace. Would he have beaten any of today's middleweights? Probably beaten all of today's middleweights. Marvin was a 15-round fighter, complete, no doubt about that, of course. And one of the few guys to shut me the L up. Remember I told you that one? We are in Mexico City. He said to me, mm, and I, ah, okay. Because I didn't know. He never knew with Marvin whether he was real or was not. Which, you know, I didn't want him coming across the table. I mean, a couple of times I sort of irked him on. You know, I told him he lost to Ray Leonard. I lost to Ray Leonard. You told Marvin Heather, you lost to Ray Leonard. How did I lose to Ray Leonard? Well, this is what I tried to put. I tried to do it eloquently. I said, you lost the first four rounds because you boxed right-handed and you gave away the first four rounds. So all Ray had to do was win three rounds or steal three rounds after round five to round 12. And I think he did that. Therefore, I gave him the fight. And Marvin's looking at me like he's going to kill me. I don't know how he's going to react. Okay. He said, you got a point there. I did give away a couple of the early rounds I probably shouldn't have. But at the end of the day, of course, he was the world middleweight champion, had that Thrilling fight with Thomas Ernst in 1985. Of course, came back, fought the beast Mugabe in 1986, and of course, retired after the Leonard fight in 1987. Bottom line is, pound for pound, maybe the best of all time, Marvin Hagler. May he rest in peace. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide, Little Tower of Power, and Hubert Tubbs to the break.
1: Ring Talk Live Worldwide, brought to you by the WBC, the World Boxing Council.
0: So if you've lost a loved one due to COVID-19, call the legal helpline right now to find out if you qualify for a cash award. Here's our number. 800-918-4086. 800-918-4086. 800-918-4086. That's 800-918-4086. Paid for by the IPG Law Group. Hey, travelers. Do you want to save money on your next flight? Then pick
11: up the phone and call. That's right
0: Eight five five three two five one seven eight oh, that's eight five five three two five seventeen eighty. The Funky Saxophone
3: the baritone sack for the funky doctor himself, Dr. Stephen McKenzie Cooper of Tower of Power, Josh Taylor, 17 in zip, 13 chaos in the UK, of course, a hot fighter, you know that about that, taking on California's very own Juan Carlos Ramirez, of course, that goes, think about Jose Carlos Ramirez, that goes down next week on ESPN, May 22nd, they're battling for all the 140-pound belts, in fact, if I was a pro, I'd be at 135, not 140. Anyway, bottom line is these guys are going to hook it up. This is a fight on ESPN. It's a pick em fight. Any way you look at it, I sort of lean towards Taylor. Why do I lean towards Taylor? Because I think that he's got a little bit more, a little bit more boxing acumen in his background. I think the fact that he's going to re- view this as a historical match between the United States and, 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 and Britain, I think will come with all his players. No doubt about that. So we wish him the very best of luck. That's going to go down next week. As far as the UFC is concerned, I'm going to go back to it, folks. I'm not into pimping people. If you're telling me that you're going to make $890 million and you're only giving 8% of that to the fighters, you deserve to be arrested for pimping. And that's Dana White. Is that corporate America? Am I supposed to kick back and resign, the fa- resign due to the fact that corporate America is making this type of money and not some sleazy boxing promoter like Don King? Well, so corporate America is better than Don King? Listen, if you're screwing people, and they are screwing people in the UFC, you need to pay. You gotta pay the fighters. I can't believe that. Imagine this: the guy sold out Madison Square Garden. I'm talking about Jorge Masvidal. Scored out, sold out MSG. They gave him five hundred thousand dollars. Guess how much MSG in tickets? Seven million bucks. Guess how much in pay per view? One hundred twenty million dollars. So one hundred twenty-seven million dollars, and he got paid five hundred thousand dollars for selling out the entire arena. If that ain't pimping, nothing is. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live. Roll. I check it. Your inside looking the world of boxing and MMA. Until next week. Keep your hands up, keep your chin down. Most importantly, keep your butt off the canvas of life. Of course, I want to thank my in-studio guest, the former Miss Barbara Delamore. Until next time, peace, love, and a thousand pounds of respect.